Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Some people start their business with a huge PR campaign and lots of marketing budget, and others, well, others start their business selling on a duvet in a tauranga market, selling a product that they've made themselves and hoping they're going to make enough to be able to sell some more the following week. This is exactly where Cherie Metcalf started five years ago when she decided that she did not want to return back to her hospo job in terms of chefing all days of the hours and late at night with with kids and instead wanted to come and build a business that she could run around more child-friendly hours. Little did she know that that selling at that market would lead to five years down the track having a building which was specifically for her business, 12 employees and shipping out nationwide both direct to consumers and also to stockists all over the place. Her products are beautiful, they're products that people want to use, but most importantly, Cherie built her business out of sheer grit and determination to really serve her customers. She is well known on Instagram for being someone who is easily approachable, who loves listening and sharing how people use her products, who have rewarded people who are major fans with helping them create recipes and then paying for it as part of her pepper me club i love her integrity i love her commitment to her people not just her employees but also to the people that choose to follow her and buy her products she's amazingly inspiring when it comes to seeing just what a business person can do when they put the client front and center and sees that they need to communicate with them using the power of social media i'm really looking forward to having you learn from her as she talks through her commitment to her marketing to building a community and What's incredible about Cherie is she has done it with all organic marketing. There's barely been any paid marketing used to promote her business. She has worked damn hard, and I would hope that this would be motivation to you just as much as it was to me when I listened to her as we talked. If you'd like to talk about any of the things that we talk about in this Mac, the Map It Marketing podcast today, episode 20, you can come and do that in our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, ask questions, and also get other marketing support. But for now, let's listen to Cherie. Welcome to Map It Marketing. This is episode 20 and I'm delighted to have Cherie Metcalf with us today. She owns a business called Pepper and Me and I do love a little bit of her man grind, I've got to admit. I probably said that in the intro. Um, I am really looking forward to talking to Cherie because I had never talked to her until five minutes before this podcast started. Uh, but I've heard a lot about her. I've heard about her via Instagram stories and people just literally telling me in the street how amazing her business is and her brand and her products. So I'm very excited about um, today. Uh, before we're going to jump in, I'm going to get Cherie just to um, introduce herself briefly. Um, she has said that she hates talking about herself, but likes talking about her marketing. So um, we'll see how many, if she can manage to get past the 15 second mark on the About Us stuff. <laughs> um, but I would love it if you could come mm-hmm. and join our group, Map It Marketing on Facebook. If you want to talk about anything in this group today, it's my little community, which is not as exciting as Cherie's community, but I love it anyway, and it's my favorite part of the internet. All right, Cherie, I would love it if you would just briefly explain to us a little bit about you, your background, and 
yourself because you own more than one business, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Just crazy, serial, crazy lady. Serial entrepreneur now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us I love about it. You and how you got started. Oh, okay, so I'm Cherie Metcalf. I'm 32. Uh, I started Pepper Me five years ago this month, and we started as a very small. Well, it was a market stall, and I always say me, but it was very much just me. So it was me at my market stall selling salts, and that was that was five years ago. So it's a pretty cool backstory. I never had any money to put into the business, and uh, you know, every every dollar I've put into the business, I've earned from selling these salts. Um, off a, off a duvet cover on a table at the market stall. And then I've just grown sort of, I guess, reasonably quickly, but also at quite a steady pace yeah. with Pepper and Me. So I own Pepper and Me, and then we started a side business called Pepper and Me Club, which is our recipe hub, which is, it is like a community, which is something that's really important, I guess, to all my marketing. And the Pepper and Me Club is a subscription website. Uh, we have fresh content going up every day. We we make recipes, we make meal plans, and we basically teach people how to use Pepper and Me products. And then about two and a half years ago, we launched Kitco, which is our cast iron enamel cookware range. Mm. And I guess it's all, everything I do is part of a greater aim to connect people with food. I love people and I love food and that's that's what I do, really. So, love that it's all tied together. And I am in awe of the fact that you can create that content every day or have it at least published every day. Because, can you schedule it in, or are you literally going and posting it every day? I schedule my posts now. This is a recent thing. I've just started having a monthly photo shoot for all the brands, yes. and we'll try and get it's just my favorite time of the month because I just I just make the photographer crazy she loves it because I'm like right we've got four brands we need content for every day of the month for all four brands <laughs> and I want nice photos of me and the kids and everything, everything there awesome. we go crazy uh, and then I load all those posts up for all the brands um takes me probably two days and then that's the posts taken care of and then I store I do my stories every day so See, I, I think this is one time. of the things. Um, I, I interviewed um, a guy called Lucas O'Keefe, who's actually in the podcast after you, um, and he's he's built a community of 160,000 followers in six months. And you and him are, are telling me the same thing because a lot of people want what you have. Like you have grown in five years. You have actually grown this amazing, integrated, and a, a community that pushes out your name to other people naturally but you're putting in daily hard work very much so and that's quite it's quite an interesting discussion to have uh, especially now with people really have just taken against influences mm. which I find quite interesting I'm like how do you not see that this is their work you know yes. they, do you know how long those videos and TikToks and reels like Take so long, so long to make. Why should they not be paid for them? Um, but it's you know, it's, I guess it's not an argument I want to take part in because I I understand both sides of the stories. I do. I don't do much influencing, but I guess I'm my own influencer, so I sell my own yes. stuff. Um, and yeah, I do. I do understand how hard it is. Natural influencers, like influencers, are also people. Like I know for me. Um, I remember um, I use a, I use a particular product, um, and I remember they had this big influencer, and she was talking about it, and I commented underneath and said, "Oh, I love this product. I use it all the time." And about eight of my friends said on that post, "Oh, if you use it, I'll use it," and they didn't even notice the influencer that was way more famous or interesting than me. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's one of the secrets for you, isn't it? You have a groundswell of people who love you. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do. And I guess that is part of what I've built. And I think the key to it, just driving straight with, with my secret, is that I share my failures with everyone. And I have from day one, because people actually don't only want to see the wins. If they're riding the roller coaster with you and you're vulnerable and you're showing that, uh, that's when people connect with you on another level and they learn to trust you and they actually want you to succeed. They're like, oh my gosh, there she is. She's she's working her ass off. She's fixing these problems. She's treating her people well. She's, you know, she's struggling with mum guilt because she's not at home enough. She's, you know, got all this other stuff going on. Um, I want her to succeed. I want to support her business. I love her products. I'm going to I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to tell my mum about them. I'm going to tell my sister about them. I'm going to buy them for Christmas presents. And that that just grows like a beautiful bloom, I guess. Because I think that one of the things that do make it, I mean, you've got beautiful packaging. You've really thought about the brand. The product is really good. Like I'm a, I'm a cook um, and I have children. Honestly, we have 15 meals that we can cook that everybody likes. Like it's just the most frustrating thing in my life. Um, but with those meals, you know, like um, put man rub on anything and everyone eats it. Like it's just a magic, it's like a magic condiment that make, I used to use it before my kid was not vegetarian anymore. I didn't tell her I had chicken in it. And she'd be like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I'd be like, I know it's this magical thing. <laughs> but, but, but I think that like you've done really well on that. Did you get help with the naming and the branding side of your product or is that just you as well? Um, so when we started, it was me sitting around, I had a three month old baby and I was just like, hey, I need to make some money to contribute to the household in some way. I can't go back to work as a chef because there's no way I can work, you know, that many hours with a little baby. I thought, what can I do with my skill set, which is very limited. All I know how to do is cook. Um, so I started making the salts and I was with my brother. I was very lucky to have him who he had a really techie background. So I said, can you make me a logo? <laughs> it was all I needed. Can you make me a logo? I'm going to call it Pepper and Me. That's my daughter's name. And I'll print some stickers. Look, I've found found some little bags. I'll mix up salts, take them to the markets. And it was simple as that. And I guess every every time you make a little bit of money, you put it back in and you make it better and better and better. But that we've been through three rebrand brands in five years before we got it looking good because at the start it was so raw. I'm not going to say bad, but it was so raw. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's looking, it's amazing now. Now we have beautiful packaging, but the product's the same and it's always yes. been an amazing product. Because I, I do think, um, I was actually thinking maybe I should share with people at some point my original um, Identify logo because it was um, done on Canva, which is freakingly shocking. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so so you started back then, which I think is amazing. And the Pepper and Me Clubs, one of the things, was that a paid thing right from the start? Pepper and Me Club was, yep, because what we wanted to do was to support that our people who loved our products, who were really good at creating recipes, and I wanted to pay them for content. I didn't want to pay them for influencing. Mm. I knew that their content was valuable, and they all had young kids, and they were all wanting to make a buck at home, and obviously this is something I feel deeply in my soul, and I'm like, how can I bring these people into my community and make sure they're getting something out of this as well? So we started with five contributors, and we tried. We do like chop and change them a little bit because we I want to keep fresh people coming in and guest mm-hmm. contributors and things like that. But I wanted to pay them for the content. So we pay $150 to $200 for a recipe and that needs to be paid for somehow. So mm-hmm. we just, we've always charged $5 and some people are like, oh, it's way too cheap. And um, some people don't like paying for recipes because you can get loads of free recipes everywhere. But basically we're just supporting other people in, in the Pepper and Me community to be a part of it. 
I feel for me, as someone who used to be a freelance writer and uh, influencer before it was cool, um, to me, that's such a sign of integrity on your part. Like I always believe if you're, you've are you got a business and you're paying other people that are contributing to grow that business, that to me is a sign of immense integrity. You're not going out and saying, oh, you love it, cool, give us this recipe and we'll give you a shout out for saying thank you. Like you're actually feeding them for the effort that they've put into it. And you just want to put more effort in, right? If someone does that, you're going to spend more time doing nicer photos and plating it up nicely as well. Yeah, totally. And um, I think, I mean, the people who don't understand it and they don't want to pay it, like, don't pay it. That's all good. It doesn't bother me. Mm. You, go, you know, yeah. <laughs> you either want to be, you want to be part of something cool or you don't. It's five bucks a month. That's a coffee. Um, go for it. So I, I don't push it super hard. I actually, I don't even talk about it that often, the club. No. Um, so we've, we've got a really good base of customers who are on there and love it. And honestly, they do. They tell their friends and that's, that's what makes people sign up. It's not me promoting it. That's going to get more more people on uh, but once a month I'll say cool here's some new here's what's new on the club here's what's happening we see that an EDM with what what new things are happening it's also really good when we bring out new pepper and me products that we've got six or seven people who can go and write us a couple of recipes for each of these products and then we're like cool this is what you're going to do with your new product if you're stuck for ideas so really, they feed each other really well yeah. Um, I actually buy your product from Frankie's Deli in, in uh, Manly, near where I live. Um, did you, you, you've obviously got some retail stores as well. Did you have to alter your pricing when you went to that stage or had you already, I mean, chefs are really good at pricing food generally because you have to, for restaurants, work that out. Had you worked out a retail price right from the start or did you have to make those changes before you went into retail? Yeah, this is my biggest learning, I'd say, because I'm really good at pricing food, but I didn't, I was never any good at uh, taking my time into account and packing tables, people I might have to get to help me ship things, things Mm -hmm. like that. So what I'd done is I'd bought my salts, got my containers, got my stickers, and I knew the cost of the product and I just doubled it and I was like, cool, that's going to make me money. Um, but I, but I was really <laughs> lucky, and I'll tell you what, the, I was very lucky in that. So I started buying my salt from Gilmore's in 500-gram bags. Then I started buying it in 5-kilo bags. And then I started buying it in 20-kilo bags. And now I buy it by the ton. So wow. <laughs> every time I grow, my my margins grow. So yes. I've never had to raise the price. The price is the same as it was on the first day we launched it because I was lucky enough to build that margin myself so um that was like a natural learning but obviously now I know the formula that doesn't work that doesn't that doesn't pay staff that doesn't pay electricity that doesn't pay power that doesn't pay your ACC levies and all the other that comes along with it that I had no idea about yeah Um, (laughs) but you know yeah the, the margins did build themselves in so I was I was lucky on that one because it is, I think that is the hardest shift is because I my daughter's um, thinking about doing some jewellery and she said, oh, is wholesale count your time? And I was like, yeah, wholesale has to count your time. It doesn't count just your cost of making your things because like you say, it, it, it's okay when you've got a few orders and you're shipping them at home and you're doing it kind of the evening. But when you're having to pay someone else to do it, it becomes a lot more complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. And then they and you start getting, I remember getting sent my first ACC bill and I was like, Sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Up to the system, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got one yesterday. I'm still saying, sorry, what? What for? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you learn we about... had to pay our first provincial tax bill. It was like, yeah, oh, my and gosh. Then, so you're paying, paying your GST and then you get it and you're like, what, there's more tax? <laughs> 
but I'm already paying that. Oh, no. Oh, okay, cool. We've got more types. Yes, well, I had well, no idea about any of that yeah. stuff, any of it at all, but I, I do now. <laughs> do you have a team now or do you use part-timers or contractors? Like how, how have you functioned that so that you can still be a mum? I have mum go to and my youngest is, is 15. I think we always have it. But like how do you manage that um, kind of flow so you can actually breathe a couple of times? <laughs> Um, so I have 12 full-time staff now and I've probably got six part-timers. We do get up over 20 around Christmas time. We've just moved into a brand new premises, which is absolute game changer for us because like I said, we've always grown slowly and steadily. So we moved into a little warehouse and then a bigger warehouse and then we took over the warehouse next door and then we took on a warehouse around the corner. So we, we had our wholesale department, our dispatch department and our production all in completely different places and it was it's just the way I work, isn't it? Slow and steady, but to be now under one roof, um, our our production capacities just just tripled instantly. Our dispatch capacity the same. We're shipping three times faster, so it's all quite magical. That's an incredible journey in five years. Is that what you thought would happen? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> you didn't have like a five year plan of going. I want to be in this this no. house. No, and. <laughs> No, and I still don't. I know I'm not supposed to say that. No, all I wanted to do was make a couple hundred dollars to help my family a week so that I didn't have to get a job. That was my well, aim. You probably don't have to get the job now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I'm all good now. But the, <laughs> I did. It, I did. I actually had to go out. Um, it took a year before I could take anything back from Pepper and me, so I got a job at Pepper's daycare. So I used to work my sort of nine to three cooking for toddlers, uh, which is like night, a nightmare pretty much. Yeah, lots of mash. <laughs> lots of mesh that they don't eat um and then I'd come home I'd make all the products myself package them all myself send them all myself um and then take them up drop them at the post office and things like that so it was really like I really tapped away at it for a long time before I got any traction but I, I just love it and I, I still love it and I loved it back then so you know I had the I had the willpower to and, and you you use your kids in your um, in your photo shoots. I've got teens who now have social media contracts with me where I'm not allowed to show them and things like that. Do you think as they grow that's going to change a little bit or do you feel like your kids are going to stay on board with being involved in the photo shoots? Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm a lot more careful with Pepper now. I think everyone thinks that, I, that Kit's my favourite, so I just show him all the time, but... Uh, the fact yeah, that I, I, it's just I'm just a lot more respectful for her because if she doesn't want to be there mm. uh, or she's not volunteering, I'm not going to show her, and that's her that's her choice. So um, I t- I totally don't push it. But she did come up and tell me she wants to be a YouTuber for a job. So uh, <laughs> every time I try and make a YouTube with her, she goes all shy. <laughs> so well, you can make it like do the, the kids' recipes. You can say you can be a YouTuber as long as you're using Pepper and me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I try and, like, get them up baking with me and things like that. But, yeah, um, I think once they get past that kind of toddler stage, it, it's a little bit of a different it is. different yeah. thing. Yeah, so I try and, yeah, definitely up, it's up to them. So we'll see what they, you, what they, like, do, you love, do you still love, because it's your job, do you still love cooking? Like, is it something you actually really love or is it very much a job? No, I love cooking. I'll oh. always love cooking, I think. It's my favourite part of the day. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I quite happily cook all day. But you know, I've got to go and pay bills and call the bank and do all that boring stuff. But <laughs> I guess that's what's cool about doing the photo shoot though, isn't it? You have two days of bliss. Yeah, I do. And I've just I've started making my staff lunch every day. So that's oh. been great. Like I've got all these people to feed. I've got a great new kitchen to cook in. Um, 
and I can just sort of make whatever I want and pop it on the table and we have a big family meal and I, I love it. That, that feeds my soul and it feeds them literally oh, and figuratively as well. So Man, I think everyone's going to want to come and work for you now. Um, so, so let's talk about your community. The story that I heard, which I talked to you about before um, this podcast started was I heard this story about having some butters that you sold via Instagram and you sold them really fast. Do you know, was that, when I told you that, do you know what that story was about or do you have a similar one where you've had, where you've used your Instagram stories to sell products that you've kind of had a lot of or had a new product? Yeah, it's, I do it all the time. Uh, it's it's really the main way I sell things is Instagram stories because mm-hmm. people are really engaged with what I'm doing. Um, I've put the time and effort into cooking, showing people what I do, letting them get to know my family, sharing moments of my day with them. So they come, you know, they come, they come, they show up and they watch and I show up and I provide content and they're connected to me. They want to support me. So when I, um, I guess, teach them about a product and get everyone excited about a new product, we release it and it usually, it usually sells really well. The things, the butter's a little bit different. So the thing I learned with the butter is when people can't have something, they really, really want it. <laughs> so rather than making it a product I have all the time, because it's a pain to make, um, it's, it tr- destroys the kitchen. Um, it destroys the stuff. <laughs> so we do it two or three times a year in the winter and we'll make a big batch. We'll put it online. That's all there is. Wow. And they know they have to get in there quickly or it's gone. Um, and I, I think everyone's quite used to that hustle. They have to hustle to get those products. Um, and I feel like they enjoy it. You know, they enjoy I'm that excited. like rush of like refreshing at seven o'clock. You know, refresh, refresh, and then they get it, and they're like, "Yes, I got it." The biggest share on Instagram. I got some. Yeah, and they do, and then they'll get hundreds of people sharing it. They've got the butters, and it just it just naturally feeds into this. I mean, it's a beautiful thing for me. I love it. I, I have to put my weighted blanket on when I do launches because I get too hyped up. <laughs> Um, but it's great, you know. It, and it makes you, you like sitting there watching them with a blanket on, doing slow breathing. We have to have a cup of chamomile tea in my way. Oh, I love that so much. I should have brought my weighted blanket into the office today. Actually, I'm having an anxiety day for no reason, and I was like, I need to have something. I should have brought the weighted blanket. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I love, I love that you use that and and you share it. Do you feel? Are you using other forms? Of, do you have an email list? Yeah, we do now. We only started about a year ago, though, to be honest. Oh. Yeah, because, I mean, to be honest, like, well, no, I didn't need it. But the other thing is I go to my desk every morning and give 20 emails and I just put them straight in the bin. You know, I really do. Ironic, <laughs> the email just came in. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Um, I'm thinking, why should I? Like, I don't want to be that annoying person. Mm. Um, and I know for a fact if I put a story, it's going to get 12,000 views. Yeah. on Instagram. 12,000 people are going to watch that. If I send out an email to my database, only 8% of people are going to open it. Um, but it is a good way to convey information that is necessary or if we try and put the effort into the content, like like say on Easter weekend, I'm thinking, cool, let's send people three or four recipes that are they're going to want to make for Easter weekend. That's giving them something to open their email for, to make them like think, oh, this is a great email. This is handy. This is actually providing me with something I might need rather than just sales all the time, I guess, is what I try and do with it. So we'll, you know, try and try and utilize those, you know, events or whatever, you know, different, what was it Bastille Day the other day, things like that, yes. and try and 
theme them, give them recipes, talk about the products that, that might work with those recipes, but try and make it good content as well is important to me. I always say, as so I'm going to, um, I love email. Um, I, there are people I, I, like I love, there's a couple of dress designers that I follow who will send me emails more than once a day and I will open them at least once a day. And so I, I want to, I, I, I love that you don't need it because I think that's awesome. But I'm going to encourage you that I always say it's not your job to decide whether you're a lover or a stalker. Like you feel like you're stalking them by sending the email, but they are in love with you. The ones that are in love with you will open it. So every time you send them an email, they feel like it's a love letter. That's not your call. And I and I think <laughs> you probably would find yeah. if you did more, you, you sound like you don't need it. But if you want to ever go any further, if you did more, you would get that that lift. Um, we feel we do we do now, and um, we're doing them quite regularly now. And we're doing them for the club, and we're doing them for Kitco. Um, but that's, I think that's why why I didn't for so long. But now it is definitely a regular part of what we do. And you're right, you know, up to them whether or not it gets utilised or not. But, yep, yep, that's, that is something we do. And it's very cheap marketing too, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, Instagram's generally free for me and mm. uh, aside from time and that, yeah. And are you doing paydates as well? Do you do paydates? Um, We've just started doing a couple on Facebook, just mainly just boosting posts. And my brother runs that, so he's just testing a few, a few things with it. Um, I think we're putting about a thousand dollars a month into it, which I think in the scheme of things is probably not much. Um, a lot of my little clients go, but I, well, agree, I agree with you, it's not. And yeah, but I mean, like, well, you're not getting, yeah, you don't get a whole heap for that but it's a lot for me for my marketing budget too my marketing budget's only only a couple of grand so um but I mean yeah it's not it's not a huge uh budget for ads I guess like what big big, massive companies are using um but yeah we get a return on it it's okay because I think I think for you like the power of your information the power of what you do is that strong organic and then that is something that is really powerful so in terms of time like we talked about how you do you know you do a lot of stuff um in terms of the people make club by putting things on every day and you're sketching those posts but how much time a day do you think you'd spend interacting with your community now do you do it like when you're sitting in the car or you do you have a space like where do you where do you do your, your interactions um you know it's all the time because if I don't do it when I do open it, it's overwhelming. So I don't like to open it to hundreds because it feels like, oh, um, so I do try and check it constantly. But I'm going to be honest, I'm really bad at um, giving an in-depth reply. I'm a, I'm a serial double tapper and sending a heart if it's like a, hey, that's cool, like, um, which is maybe my downfall. But if it's a question, I'll always try and answer it, make sure that I'm responding in some way. But um yeah, it's been brought up a few times. Maybe I should have someone help me with that side of things and go in and, and send more messages. But I do feel like that's quite inauthentic when it's very much my face mm. on there and I want to be the person. The last that thing that you would ever want to outsource. That's that's exactly right. So I'm um, I'm ticking along with it and hopefully hopefully getting to most people at some point. Yeah, but I do I do it all the time. And then I'll lie, I'll lie in bed for an hour at the end of the night and and do it. Um but yeah, yeah. If I'm sitting in my car or at my desk, I'll, I'll check it every half an hour. So, are you? Would do? You, how much? Besides that, you've got your help from your brother. What other marketing help are you getting? And the photography? Are you still writing all your own content? Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's powerful to me. Because I teach that the business owner has the most powerful voice. Mm. And you've got that. 
So what we've just done as we moved into the new building, we put a new structure in place because I was finding everything getting a bit overwhelming and I felt like I actually wasn't achieving anything ever. So what I've done is I've made myself the CEO of the business two days a week, Monday, Tuesday, I do my CEO stuff. I do my big jobs. I do my forward planning. I'm like looking at my reports, all that sort of stuff. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I put my marketing hat on and I do my marketing job. So that's that's how we've kind of oh, it up. I love and, it. Yeah. yeah, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I don't want to hear about your complaints about the other stuff. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want anyone coming to me with the issues. I just want to do my job. So, yep. yeah. I have exactly the same. Mondays is my team day. Mm. That's the day. If you send me emails during the week that should have been brought up on Monday, they don't get seen again until Monday. Like not little things, you know, not urgent, like, hey, I've broken my leg and I can't come in tomorrow. But like things like things that we could have covered. So Monday is that day for me. Um, Friday is my podcast day. And I am lucky enough at the moment to take a day off because I'm writing a book. Um, and so I've got that day. But having that and then two days of clients. And I feel I agree with you. If you're growing a team or you've got that for you to own the marketing, you can't keep on doing it at five o'clock in the morning or mm. on a Saturday because as a mum, you're missing out on mum time as well or all your time. Yeah, yeah. This way, um, doing the cooking at work during the day has actually just changed my whole life because I, what I was doing is working all day, coming home, getting the kids and then trying to get dinner ready and film it with two two after school kids who which it's just it's a nightmare um and then I had all this food that my children also wouldn't eat <laughs> and you just it's like banging your head against a brick wall it's like what like why am I doing this what am I doing and I, like I you feel like you have to do it um where it's great if I'm at work I've got a clear kitchen a clear headspace no one's around me and I've got I know I'm going to have 10 hungry people in a couple of hours it's it's mm. fantastic so yeah that's been a game changer for me if you were talking to someone who was selling at markets or and you know like I think the the growth you've had is huge and far beyond what you expected but what a lot of other people would, would necessarily have as their plan well you didn't plan it either like you're amazing um but if you were talking to someone who was just starting out and was wanting to build that community, what would you recommend to them? Like if they, if in terms of that, getting that interaction on stories and building that, what would you recommend? Um, I, I, I like to use the, the line, read the room quite a bit. I think that's where people miss the mark sometimes. Um, make sure your content, well, if we're talking about Instagram, I guess that's what I know most about. Uh, make sure it's content that people want to see and you can really tell quite instantly do some polls you know mm-hmm. you can ask these people what they want to see and uh, and then listen to them don't be like well I don't want to do that so I'm not going to do it you know if you're there to sell stuff you've kind of, <laughs> you've kind of, you've got to do what you want to do but also give the people what they want to see so that they that they engage with it make it engaging give them some something to take away from it or something that they can be a part of I guess, and it's it's amazing what will spark um, a really in depth connection with people. For me, sometimes it's as simple as being coming home and be like, "Oh, I had a really hard day today. I feel like I failed as a mum doing this." And you know, because so many people feel that on such a deep level, um, it it gives you that connection. Um, but sometimes it's like, oh, I just got this beautiful new linen duvet cover. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, love it, going to buy one, you know, great. But like the fact that I've I've sort of saved up and bought for it and bought it and chosen 
and put it in the bedroom and um, everyone's like oh do you do this get this color pillowcases oh I really like that oh this might go nicely with it so could could be anything from this end of the scale to the other end but you want to make sure that this is this is something that people want to see I guess I I really like that and that's challenged me a bit because I'm quite I'm a really chatty person but I'm actually really private and mm. I find it quite hard to kind of do that but I was thinking I put a picture of a, of my skirt on my personal profile stories and it went off and all these people have commented and I'm like I don't know why I didn't put that on my business one because actually mm. half of them followed me anyway but they would have loved it but I, it's challenging me to go actually I should it doesn't harm me to do that sort of thing I don't I don't have to just be talking about knowledgeable stuff all the time yeah yeah it, it is a bit different and I guess I, I to be honest I share a lot less now than I did when I first started because I mean all my suppliers watch my stories I used to be able to get away with anything but <laughs> now I don't get away with much so oh, I, do, I do definitely um do monitor a little bit and make sure that it's not gonna relatively <laughs> professional anyone. yeah 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 I'll, I'll be honest I've had a few cease and desists in the last I've given up I've given up influencing for other brands I've um I've got a personal Instagram as well and I think cool if there's anything I want to share or if it's like something cool or I want to help people out I'll do it on that page and then everything on Pepper and Me is then organic there's no questioning when they bring in that these new ad rules yeah it's too hard um, well I understand it and I, I I respect it and I do think that it needs to be in place but mm-hmm. what it did is it turned the community into the um, ad police and I keep getting reported I would have been reported so many times for stuff that I have paid for with my own money you fell in love with. yeah <laughs> I have to always put not an ad I do, I do, and I put it in bloody bold all over the whole screen. Um, but it's frustrating because I've kept getting investigated from, <laughs> and I have to keep going back to them and saying, "I paid for that." Here's my yeah. receipt. God, um, I'm not yeah. great at ta- I'm not great at taking receipts. It seems like a whole lot of admin you've got to go through. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of why I've stopped doing yeah. so much because I used to, you know, when, when we bought the house and. And when I was buying stuff, I used to be like, oh, I've got this great coffee table, bought this from here. It's going to look really cool here. People love seeing stuff like that. Mm. But it has changed the culture a little bit now where they they do think you've been gifted it and then they feel like you're trying to trick them or something by not putting ad. Where, where it's for me, it's not the case. For other people, that may be what's happening, but it's certainly not in my mm. You know, I don't I don't need to sell the coffee table. I don't care. <laughs> I just know I'm going to get asked a hundred times where it's from. Yeah, I, I remember um talking to Matilda Rice, um, oh Matilda Green, oops, Matilda Green, um, a few months ago because she posted a picture and I I, I said to her, Oh my gosh, do you because she said to then follow up with like, yes, the colour of my door is such and such, yes, my top is such and such, yes, my thing. And I said, Do you ever get sick of that? And she goes, No, I think it's really lovely. And she said, Maybe the colour of the door was a bit extreme, but besides that, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a hard thing. Like there's this constant thing. So actually on influencers, have you used paid influencers? Did you use them as part of the growing of the brand or did you just allow the word of mouth to go naturally? Look, I was really lucky when I started five years ago that influencing was just sort of just beginning to be a thing. And 
paying for stuff wasn't really a thing. So I sent a lot of free product out and I got a lot of return for that. And I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for that. I'm going to be honest. If I'd been trying to start a business today and approaching people and they're saying, I call it $500 a post. Um, I've got $300 in my name. There's no way I'm going to pay you for a post. Um, I probably wouldn't have a business now. So I really did hit that sweet spot with that. Um, I'm sure there's other ways around it, but I was, I was very lucky. Um, and, and also lucky in the way that influencers genuinely love the product. So I'd send it to them and then they'd be tagging it every day for a year. You know, they loved it. They come back and buy it. So paying is not something that I've done. I don't think I've ever paid for a post, but like I said, I pay for recipe content. Mm-hmm. So um, when, when, when people who are doing recipes for me use a product, they do tag ad um, and maybe it may look like I'm paying for influencing when I'm not. I pay for content whether or not that's mm. a distinct difference or not it is to me because no, is, I, I see freelance writer to me that's them showing their work in a published yes. form so yes. it isn't an ad but I do also think it probably protects both of you by doing yeah. that pretty much relationship. That, that's fine um, but no I don't pay I don't pay people to post about people and me no no and I think that that is magic. And I really love that you've acknowledged that it has changed because I was I was part of the early days where I just got, I mean, I, I think I spent a year not being able to pay my rent, but having every luxury item that's possible to the to, to females. You know, like I, I remember saying, I said to my daughters the other day, I said, one year I gave everyone expensive perfume and makeup for Christmas because I got paid like in a big cardboard box of all this amazing makeup that was like, you know, the size of my car, yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't afford to pay my rent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you're going to get attacked if you try and sell it as well. Yeah, it's like, hey, that was a gift. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a funny, funny thing. And then, I mean, (laughs) people's expectations are all over the place as well. They'll often say, oh, can I send you this? And then they'll tell you, right, what I'd like, four posts. I'd like six stories. I'd like this, this, and this. And I'm like, it's a $15 item, mate. No, it's not enough. It's not worth it. So, I mean, I think I think your story is amazing. I find you incredibly inspiring in, in what you're doing. If people are wanting to find your products and um, and become part of the community, how would they find you? Like, how would they come and do that? Oh, and before we do that, can you also tell us about your recipe book? Because I think I actually have to buy this. Oh, book. The book, yeah, Keepers. So Keepers came out in April and that's my first book. It's been a huge success for me I guess it was two years of work and you don't know what you're going to get in return for it (laughs) it's not a money maker but um I got to number three on the bestsellers list and it's just been named in the Whitcalls top 100 for the year so I'm I'm stoked and I'm really happy with it um I'm I'm so proud to have something that like physical you know like it's it's a physical achievement almost and you know I'm really stoked with it so that's in all good bookshops or online I'm going to get uh, we, to my mum because she's a food writer. She's 76 and started being a food writer when oh, she was 70. Oh, that's so cool. That's what I'm going to do when I'm finished as well. I love it. I love food writing. <laughs> That'd be my dream job. I to think be it'd be awesome. You should, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to, yeah. Um, and we're pepperandme.co.nz. We have a stockist map online. So we've got 200 stockists around the country if you're looking to go and have a look in store. It's probably easiest to jump on the map because we have some really weird and wacky and wonderful suppliers who are sort of dotted all over the show. We've just started supplying some of the new worlds. So we're in we're Sorry. in a few new worlds in the country. But yeah. Um but it's not got those margins yet. right, right? <laughs> yeah, we got there in the end. 
and Kitco, Kitco is our cookware, kitco.co.nz. And we are about to launch a new business on Monday, which is our carbon steel knives. So Cain and Abel, well, it'll be out by the time the podcast comes yeah. out, caneandablenives.co.nz. Cain and Abel yeah. Knives, that sounds a little bit biblical to me. <laughs> it is. It's a biblical story. I'm not supposed to tell this story, but I'm going to tell you. So it's it's my business with my brother and Cain and Abel's a Bible story about Cain murders Abel. Yeah. And yeah. And it's quite, I've used quite a dark humour throughout the whole brand. Um, oh, I love this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Instead of the smutty humour of Pepper and me, we've got dark yeah, humour. Dark humour and my brother's very much the light one. His son's named Abel uh, and he's he's not thrilled about my dark humour. So <laughs> the sibling rivalry is rife throughout the... I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few there's a few cheeky sort of passages that we've pulled from the Cain and Abel story that are oh. on the packaging and things and I just love it like it, it's it we put follow me to the field or let us go out to the field is the line that Cain says to Abel before he murders him we've put it on the box <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving this my daughter's partner um loves knives and also loves bible references so I'm feeling that might be the Christmas present for him yeah, 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 great. Yeah, so we're hoping for a great response to these knives. They're beautiful. That's excellent. Make sure you send me a link to that one and I'll pop it on the show notes so we've got all the little places you can shop. I will say about your products, I have bought lots of them and I haven't found one that I didn't like yet. Excellent. Like they're all amazing and they're all on high rotate. Um, and I do think you make, like for me, as I love cooking, but I'm often busy and tired at the end of the day, your products have made it possible for me to actually create something that actually tastes really great with very minimal effort. And I think that is the magic of your products. It is. And that's the whole aim of the business to, to yeah, connect people with food, you know, get them a little bit excited about, even if it's just mince and veg or making a couple of veg, you can make it really good. You can make it taste amazing. It's amazing. Simple. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cherie, for being part of this. I'm going to, at the end of every episode, I do like a little outro where I talk about what our um, listeners can do in terms of things I can suggest them to. I'm going to talk to them about like being more real in your Instagram stories. That's something you've challenged me on today and thank you for that. But I also just want to congratulate you because I talked to lots of business owners and I just feel you've had such a, you've done all that hard work and to see it rewarded and your growth is just exceptional. And um, if someone hasn't told you this week, you're freaking amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't say it on a a podcast. (laughs) Oops, Daisy. (laughs) Thank you. That's lovely. (laughs) And thank you for being part of Map It Marketing. It's been a delight. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait to can't wait to share it. Thank you. It is amazing how much you can fit into five years. And Cherie has worked so hard to grow her businesses together. One of the things that I felt we should pick up in terms of our own marketing, and something that I really felt when I was listening to Cherie was that that courage to be a bit more personable and share a bit more of your personal life. I have quite strong boundaries around what I share, not because I'm not open as a, as a book, but because I have introverted family. Um, I don't feel like me, me showing up on social media means that I have a right to then t- share them on social media. But it has encouraged me to share a bit more about myself and my own interests possibly realizing that I'm a bit more boring than everyone thinks I am. But it has helped me to do that. And since doing that, since having my uh, podcast interview with Cherie a few months, a few weeks ago, 
I have actually found that my engagement has gone up on my social media. It just shows you that people do get very invested in us as people when we're a business owner. And sharing a bit of that helps stop it feeling like it's a salesy thing every time they're coming onto your social media. Another thing that I'd like to pick up from here is the importance of growing that organic marketing before you jump into everything else. Quite often people will come to us and ask us to set up Facebook ads, proper Facebook ads, not the boosted kind, and also email marketing, again, proper email marketing with email automation beyond just occasional monthly emails. And I will often say we're not quite ready for it yet. Using the organic marketing first and building a base of that is the very best gift you can give your business. And it does take time effort and consistency. So if you're wanting to grow your business and particularly if you've got an e-commerce business, it's so important to get that organic growth growing before you worry about adding on the other bits because those bits will be impacted with that. Um, We had an episode with Joe Murphy a few months back which was around what to do before spending a cent on Facebook ads. I'd encourage you to listen to that again because that's a really useful one to talk through that. And I would also encourage you to listen to next week's podcast because it is with Lucas O'Keefe, who has managed to grow his Instagram following to over 160,000 in just a few months by using the power of community and building a relationship with the people that he's following. He is doing it as his full-time job, which most of us don't get to do, but it's well worth a listen. And like always... If you'd like to talk about some of the things that come through this, I would love it if you came and be part of our group, Map It Marketing, on Facebook. And if you've loved this podcast, please do rate and review it because it really helps other people listen and enjoy too. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclava.com slash podcast for more information.